the idea that we had of champagne was to create something that was around a meeting, about cheering, about toasting, about celebrating togetherness, people. A grower champagne brand, which inside we would offer the consumer the guarantee, the transparency that this is made naturally with no chemical entrance from vine to bottle. This is One on One, a table for two production. I am Antoine Aboussamra. We, uh, we're outsiders and uh, I think we're a little bit um, avant-garde, if I can say definitely this project. It's totally um, unusual and not very not very common because not uh, not everyone is able to create a champagne brand. Every week, one-on-one -on -one dives into the world of food and wine through the eyes and experience of my guests. In each episode, we will discover their journey, what matters to them, the challenge they have faced, and how the world of food and wine is evolving. The main challenge is um, endurance to keep building the brand, even though you have difficulties, even though uh, you have things that go on your way or does not go as fast as you want. It's a pleasure to welcome Fiona Perrin, who's the CEO and co-founder of Champagne Diane Salem in Champagne in France. Good afternoon, Fiona. Hello, Antoine. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to welcome you. Champagne has always been a topic of interest because it's a celebration, it's bubbly, it's light, it's nice, it's fun. And I was very much interested by your story. Uh, and when I say you, uh, I know that in English, you uh, could be singular or plural, uh, but you means both of you, you and your husband. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a story of a couple uh, loving uh, champagne. There was something very interesting that I, that, I, that I discovered at the beginning is that when you created Champagne Diane Salem, and we'll come back to, uh, to, the, uh, to the name itself, but when, we create, when you created Champagne Diane Salem, in Champagne, you were outsiders. And for people that know a little bit more about Champagne uh, and the region of Champagne in France, it's not very easy to put it this no, way. No, it's not, it's not very common, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. No, it's, uh, we're, we're definitely a bit crazy, I think. <laughs> Enlighten yeah. us, tell us. So, so what happened? <laughs> We uh, were outsiders and uh, I think we're a little bit um, avant-garde, if I can say definitely this project. It's totally um, unusual and not very, not very common because not, uh, not everyone is able to create a champagne brand. Not everyone uh, has the, well, the intention to create a champagne brand, but also uh, yeah, the capacity to do it and then really like to concrete this, uh, this dream. Um, so it's a story definitely of, uh, of, for, of both of us because uh, Jean-Michel, who is my partner, is really the one that pushed me to, um, to create uh, this brand. To give you a little bit of background, so um, we met in 2018 and um, I, was still, I was still working for, for a champagne house on the US market. And so I was involved on, in the champagne business, but uh, definitely I'm not coming or he's not coming from uh, a family uh, uh, from wine or from champagne. We don't own any vines and we have none of our family that work in the wine business. So definitely from this, we're definitely an outsider. 
Um, I've been working in the wine business for the past 10 years, so I'm involved in the industry, but uh, definitely not uh, any vineyard owner. But it's important to know that side because you can have the best product if you don't know how to sell it. It's going to be a bit exactly. of a problem. Usually people that create this have uh, an affiliation in, um, in wineries or already someone from the family and, and so they want to create something. So that's what I think is uh, totally a, an unusual project to have this idea and finally to be able to do it. Um, the, it was a little bit my dream, if I can say, and uh, it came, it really arrived from uh, one day we were talking with Jean-Michel and he was, tell, he was basically asking me, but if, what, what would you want to do? Like, I mean, if you would be able to do anything, what do you really want to do? And I was still, you know, in my job and I was basically definitely thinking of the future and what was going to happen after and what, what I wanted to do basically for myself. And just like this, I don't know, I just told him where, I don't know, it, I would love to have my own champagne brand because I would market it, you know, as I want it. And I would really definitely uh, translate something very important for me that I want to translate for consumers some things that, that I didn't see in the market and maybe I can bring something that is not here already. That, so, that was a spontaneous thing. Did you regret kind of <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Never regret, never regret. It's a crazy adventure, but a wonderful adventure. So no, no regret. It's tough, but uh, we are making our way through. Um, but that's really how it started. It started a bit uh, of this crazy idea and of a dream uh, that I didn't really know was going to happen. And he's really the one that really put the structure and, you know, was telling me, well, is it possible? You know, is it feasible? Is it possible to do this? How, I mean, is it something that we can basically do? I was like, I don't know. You know, I'm just telling you something like this and I don't know if, <laughs> if this is possible. I just know, you know, um, celebrities that create wine or, you know, uh, rappers that have their own champagne yeah, labels or whatever. They have a few millions on the side. <laughs> and they have a few millions, you know, exactly. And they, are, and they are famous. So I don't know. I'm just telling you this, something like that. And he was like, uh, sure, <laughs> not to have any, well, he was like, he's, he's <laughs> any couple issues. Movement. Yeah, of course, whatever you want. No, but <laughs> he stopped. He stopped and he was like, oh, I, I, there's, maybe there's something to do here. I mean, it's maybe not just that crazy, you know? And, um, and that's how we started. So we started basically to, you know, brainstorm things like this. And then we started to go and do some our research and if this was something feasible. So it started exactly like this, a little bit randomly, but I mean, it was, there was something, you know, in his back of his mind <laughs> a little bit. And, um, and so we jumped together in this adventure and uh, we, started to, uh, we started to create a company. And this was in 2019 when we decided to um, basically jump together in this adventure. I decided to uh, take the big step and to uh, quit my job as a VP in the US market. So it was a big, big step for me. I had a comfortable job with a good salary and, uh, you know, I was making my career through and uh, and he changed everything like this. <laughs> yeah. And um, what did your what did your colleague say? Crazy! Um, <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> no, I mean I was working. I've always worked on my own. I was I did not really have a team. I mean I yeah, I was just you know uh, basically the only person building the the identity of the brand in the U.S. market. So I didn't have really time to yeah, share. But, it was more with my family, you know, or friends around. Yeah, people were like, "What?" I mean that you're. <laughs> 
totally crazy, guys. I mean, uh, <laughs> what is this? Why and how? <laughs> so usually when you have this reaction of people, you're like, well, it's either like a genius idea or <laughs> the worst thing. Or the worst thing. <laughs> and okay, if we fast forward a little bit, it turned out that it was... And uh, it turned out that finally we created this uh, this little baby, and uh, definitely it's um, yeah the the adventure is common, and the adventure is uh, is symbolism of uh, of our rendezvous, our meeting, uh, and um, so that that's what inspired us for the name first, yes. but not only. It was also the idea to have a rendezvous with everyone, with the consumer also as well, because the idea that we had of champagne was to create something that was around uh, meeting, about sharing, about toasting, about celebrating togetherness, people, and to have this point of attraction and to have an energy between, between us and between the consumer because we wanted it really to bring something new into the market. And so we were like, it's going to be our rendezvous and it's going to be any rendezvous. So we want this bottle to be shared, to be popped so that anyone celebrates any rendezvous that they want. Okay. And for us, you know, in, in French rendezvous, it's, it's any meetups. It's everything, right? yes, yes, yes. So that's, what, that's what inspired us. The, yeah. the, so there's the name. Uh, it's Champagne Diane Salem. So your first name is Fiona. Uh, yes. Where does the Diane come from? So Diane is, uh, is my second name. Um, we didn't want to have a, a champagne that was, uh, well, labeled Jean-Michel or, or either Fiona. Uh, at first, we had so much rendezvous in mind. That's what we had. Legally, the brand is called Champagne Diane Salem. It's like a, a first name and a family name. And so uh, it is my second name. We thought that Diane was uh, pretty and, you know, very elegant for champagne. Diane Chasseresse. <laughs> exactly it has something you know with goddess or yes, things like yes, this yes yes so, yes of that and uh jean-michel has the he's lucky to have a, a beautiful family name and uh salem and in arabic uh it means peace also as well. yes it does. exactly yes. and so we thought that this was perfectly adapted for what we wanted to do the energy that we wanted to put in this product and in this project that it was um yeah, it was something that resembled us and uh, what what we wanted to 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 put in the project. Okay, so, so Champagne Diane Salem is the Salem yeah, is the house basically. It's, exactly. it's, it's the, the exactly. legal entity, and then the champagne that you are producing is Champagne Rendezvous. Exactly. Now uh, let's talk about the production for a second, because as as I, as I mentioned at the beginning, you you were outsiders. Now, uh, I just kind of imagine the, the scene, uh, the both of you going to Champagne and talking to a, a grower and say, hi, we would like to have your, your, your grapes to do a Champagne. Who are you? <laughs> what are you doing? Here? Where are you coming from? <laughs> how, how, did it, how did it go? <laughs> it was a whole adventure. Um, definitely, we took this uh, outsider point of view as a strength also as well, because because we wanted to arrive also with this um, with this knowledge, with our passion first, of course, uh, our passion to change the champagne game, to bring something new, to bring something new also for growers, because it's also um, uh, one of the mission that is behind the product too. Um, but we wanted to bring also our, our knowledge in terms of... Uh, of marketers in terms of uh, also salesperson, people being on the market, me having my background of more than 10 years, you know, in the U.S. market, having known uh, the consumers and and um, 
really, uh, I would say, being concretely on the field, working with teams and having seen, you know, so much uh, liquor stores, so much restaurants, so much wine lists, so much uh, sommeliers and knowing the trends. So that's what we wanted to bring first on one side. And on the other side, we also wanted to bring exactly this outsider point of view, but in terms also of consumer. Because Jean-Michel was not coming. It was interesting, our two background, because he's coming from the marketing digital world. Um, he was not coming from the wine business. So our partnership basically was based on this. I'm more, you know, the wine girl, the champagne girl, the passion, the knowledge on wine. And he's more the digital marketing, uh, the analysis, the trends. The, he's the marketer. And he has, you know, this kind of... Uh, um, uh, instinct for uh, for trends and, and for marketing uh, generally. So we wanted also to arrive with this point of view and, and our point of view of consumer, he was not also in the wine business before. So he had also, you know, things that something you're lacking when you're not taking enough step backwards sometimes to view certain situation. So I appreciated that. And that's what he was bringing also in the in the partnership in this way. So um, we brought those two sides, so two point of view of uh, outsiders, but on both sides. And so, of course, we, so I already had some contact in Champagne. It was, you know, uh, I was building this for many years. Uh, growers, it was still new for me, but I still had some connection and already met some few people. And um, how we started basically is that we wanted to bring something new in terms of uh, of branding identity, but also of what we were marketing inside about, really purely about the product. Before and we, we were, before 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 yeah. we get to that part, yeah. there's there's one thing I would I would like to understand. The so you were mentioning that that you you thought about the market, the U.S. market in particular. We come back to that afterwards uh, because this is one of your focus. Uh, was it the creation of, of Rendezvous Champagne was to service a need of the market or it was the expression of something that you want to do because we talk about it as well but they are natural organic champagnes yes. Yes. and what was the most important part your expression of what you wanted to achieve as as a, as a champagne or the servicing of a specific market what came first it's a good question um i think the first thing it came from um uh, uh, both of us, our first idea, because what was funny is that Jean-Michel was coming with me sometimes in the market when I was doing, you know, my tours and in my job. So he was, he did some trade show. And he, so he was feeling this, even though he was not in the market, in the wine business. And so, and so the first thing that we said together is that we keep seeing the same brands, the same, um, you know, commercial brands always in the liquor stores, on the wine list, they're always the same. And our, our passion was definitely we were consuming and we consume in terms of wine or champagne only organic, biodynamic and natural wines and champagne. It's, you know, what we what our body likes, but also our taste and um, what we only drink, basically. And so when I was touring the market, I basically saw definitely this lack in the market of saying, OK, which champagne, if I'm not a connoisseur or basically I'm a champagne lover, too, but which Champagne, shall I take in a liquor store or in a restaurant, knowing that this will be, you know, natural, organically made, um, no chemical entrance. Is there a brand that is right now representing this for me? You know, like, for example, you know, you know what you're taking when you're grabbing Clicquot. 
you know what you're taking when you're grabbing wet or whatever, you know, because they are the two main consumed brands still in the US. But you don't have this for growers. And why? Just because it's not their job. Marketing is not their job. The job of growers is to, you know, work their land and uh, take care of the earth. And they are in the vineyard. They are not marketers. So basically, you have this kind of those two worlds, the world of marketing brands and marketing or champagne house, sorry, champagne houses and growers that are basically on one side marketing financial power and they have the, um, the financial power for and the distribution network for marketing and for because when you're LVMH. Exactly. You can. So exactly. As you just said, they were the first on the export markets. That's logical. Uh, they were the first brands to be imported. And Grower Champagne, they came just, you know, a few years now. And who knows Grower Champagne? M me, us, we live in a microcosm and we think everyone knows Grower Champagne, you know? But no, it's totally not true, okay? Who knows Grower Champagne? It's sommelier, okay? Sommelier or wine geeks that are, that are really interested and that will follow sommelier, that will follow trends. And now they start to know that there are small producers that are producing something else that, than big brands and that might be interesting. In entrepreneurship, you would say these are the early adopters, you know, the people that are looking for yeah. the trendy things, etc. Exactly. So you depend on these people at the beginning. So at the beginning, this was something that we identified those, those two categories. But when you think about it, those people that, are, uh, that follow so many trends or wine geek or that know about grower champagne, They basically uh, are in a kind, yeah, early adopters in a way, but it's not the mass market. It's not the general yeah, population. For sure. The general population still think that champagne is the orange label mm. that I know, or they are not too big difference. And because there are many grower champagne and it's different name, grower champagne, they are not branded. You don't recognize them as brand identity, right? You follow? It's not like a, there is not a, a universe or a... Um, a brand world behind this. So how we started in the market to get back to your initial question is that we identify those two categories and we were like, but is it possible to basically have the best of both worlds? Mm -hmm. To basically create a grower champagne brand, which is totally unusual. And I think I've never heard of this before. That's why it's a little bit avant-garde, I would say in a way, because we thought of, a new concept in a way, a grower champagne brand, which inside we would offer the consumer the guarantee, the transparency that this is made naturally with no chemical entrance from vine to bottle. And we would love, you know, for either champagne novice for people that are not comfortable with champagne or it's there, they don't know too much about the champagne world, but at the same time, champagne lovers, because the quality that is inside is just fantastic that any champagne lovers would recognize. But when I grab this bottle, when I take this, you know, and I grab the bottle with this label, with the colorful label, I know what I'm drinking. Exactly when you're basically buying a champagne brand that you know and that you buy and buy again. Because, because when you look at, when you look at, the, uh, at the label, uh, it's playful. And, yes. and you don't really see <laughs> champagne bottles with labels like these. Exactly. It's totally... I don't know, it's totally uh, original. It's totally uh, different from what you see in the market. And that was the goal. You know, we wanted to shake what has been done before. So, of course, it's colorful. Uh, we wanted different colors because 
we can talk about this later about the label if you want but but I, I think that's interesting it's part of the branding but now the, the big questions and and we're going to go, go back to the outsider part because I'm, i haven't forgotten about this one but building a brand is complicated it takes time yeah. it takes energy yeah. it takes resources it takes money yeah. it takes so there are things that potentially you're not lvmh uh, that you can do and there are tactics that you're going to be using basically that you know the lack of funds and open bank accounts uh, will force you to to do and 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 get there how was the acceptance of uh, champagne rendezvous in 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 the us when you started from these communities that you were talking about Yeah, the response was uh, was actually pretty interesting because the first clientele that we attracted, so of course the clientele is more women. We we have men that consume the champagne, but it's definitely maybe more women. Why? We, um, I think um, that's interesting. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the label or if it's the product. I think women are still today more attracted about you know more healthy products, more natural. I think it's still a little bit more focused to women that are um, willing maybe to to have a more, yeah, I would say healthy product in terms of champagne, but in terms also of, you know, natural cosmetic, natural food. Maybe women are more careful about this than men still. You know, they always, see, they always see better than primary men. Primary criteria, yeah. <laughs> they, they always see better than men. They, yes, yes. <laughs> they spot trends in a better way. A, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's one of the primary criteria, I think, of uh, of women. So I think they are more interested and that they have been more early adopters of our brands and understood what we wanted to do, I think. And maybe the label also, in a way, maybe is more attractive for women because it's colorful, because it's playful. Uh, maybe it speaks a little bit less to men. But even though we have, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, men that consume the champagne, don't get me wrong, but maybe that's uh, one of the reasons okay so um, so here we're talking about the consumer side uh yeah now let's go back to champagne the region mm -hmm. the first meeting that you had with the growers um i didn't forget that question huh? yeah so yeah so we went <laughs> what, we went to what happened um, you know how how were you welcomed with a shotgun or something like that asterix <laughs> 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 We Go went well. <laughs> we we went to meet. Uh, we went to meet with many growers. Uh, we had many appointments. We went to uh, to see and to uh, have also some trends and to hear many things. You know, when we when we discuss with them, and that is something also that was that we wanted exactly to translate in the bottle because um, before talking just about the the process of how we get there, what was interesting is that. What we wanted to translate is definitely this world that is so different from what you imagine from marketing brand from big, you know, houses that is very luxury that welcomes you. You know, it's very opulent. It's very bling bling. Also, in a way, it's in your mm -hmm. face kind of, you know, welcome and an image that they want to give you. You know, it's not crystal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, like on the opposite, like Rory Champagnes, they are super humble. They are modest people. They are growers. They welcome you in their home. Um, and at first, yes, they are not, you know, they wonder why you're coming. They wonder what you want. <laughs> they are a bit, you know, they, um, they are careful, you know, for sure. Um, what does this, what did this guy want, you know, exactly? And, and why and how? So 
of course, we had this reaction at first, but what was fantastic is that we ended up, I think, like spending between two and three hours with almost like every growers that we saw because they go from being careful at when they give you your their trust, you know, and they understand what you want to do and they hear you with passion. They go on the total opposite and they keep you and they start to open bottles that, you know, they keep the vintage bottle and then you spend three hours with them and they invite you to stay at dinner and they are extremely, extremely friendly, open and very, very authentic people. And uh, that's why what really touched us, you know, and that's what we, we wanted to do in this project also. That's a little parenthèse, but uh, it's giving the opportunity to, to explain what these growers were doing different and how different the world of champagne brands and champagne growers were, especially on the authenticity, you know, of people that were, that were behind it. How many, how many growers do you work with? Uh, we work with one. one. That's, so that, that's what I understood. So the, the next question is, how many did you meet and visit to finally select that one that fits perfectly what you're trying to do? But, uh, between, between meetings and between talks, it was, uh, I would say, more than a dozen uh, oh. growers with whom we talked. Uh, many samples that we tasted, many champagnes also that we tasted, blind tasted to make sure... We did a lot of blind tasting with Jean-Michel to make sure what we were selecting, what we had chosen. Uh, we wanted to make sure of the quality, you know, in every detail. Even when we had made our choice on one grower, um, we, we wanted to make sure of the quality of the product. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So we arrived at the grower. Okay. So you found, <laughs> we found that grower. Now, here comes also the next question. And this is a, some, a, something that is, I think, it's interesting because there's something that you mentioned on, 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 on the website, on the story, is that the big champagne houses uh, source from several growers and they kind exactly. of mix it up, et cetera, to have the same kind of taste profile so that they have consistency across the millions of bottles that they're producing. Yes. Now, you, uh, your, your model is totally different. So you source from one grower. The question is, are you trying to develop a taste that is unique, that represents you, that what you want to look for, or something that can service the U.S. market and the taste of the U.S. market? Uh, good question. It's um, Because it's natural wine, natural champagne at the end yeah, of the day. It's, it's definitely both. But we made sure that the champagne that we selected, it pleased us for sure. Mm. Um, but it pleased also, it was accessible for everyone to understand because it's definitely what you have, you have, um, we'll talk about the champagne later, but it's accessible for, it's really what I always say, it's accessible for champagne novice because you have a kind of classic style of champagne that people want to find in the champagne and that you have here. But at the same time, champagne lovers or champagne experts recognize the quality of, you know, of the champagne, of how it's made. And you can see it's extremely well done. So it's at the same time accessible to those two categories of people. So that was important for us. It's not totally, uh, for example, uh, oxidative and, and totally venous because not everyone will understand that. We wanted also to be a first step for people that were not too comfortable with this universe too, you know. Okay. Um, so it's organic, so it's vegan, it, there's no sulfites, uh, so exactly. natural wine, etc. And, exactly. and the grower with who we work is uh, certified organic since 2016. 
he uh, of course there is no use of animal product it's not certified vegan but it's we say it's vegan friendly uh, because there is no use of animal product in here and yes globally it's low interventions uh, so what this means is that so organic is no chemicals entrant in the vines for sure uh, there's a whole process of um, putting back life in the soils with biodynamic principles, with plants infusion to strengthen the, the vines, a whole agroforestry work also to plant many trees. So we have a whole ecosystem in the vineyard with the trees, with the subsoils, with the soils, the animal, um, all an ecosystem basically that works uh, independently in the vineyard. And in the vinification part, definitely we have the lowest sulfide possible. It's just a dash that is basically a put a little bit like natural wine. So we have maximum 30, 35 milligram of sulfide per liter, which is what you will find in natural wines, uh, just to stabilize for, for us for transportation. And um, and yeah, no no chemical entrance in the, apart from, of course, the dash of sulfide in the, in the vinification process. So that was very important for us. And that's what we wanted to bring. It's really the heart of the, of the project. Yeah. What has been the biggest challenge for you Uh, both both of you in because before you used to have that corporate job now this is your own business your own you know baby that you have to deal with and take care and make sure to grow etc yeah. what what has been the biggest challenge that you found us since you've embarked on that adventure uh, many things <laughs> it's a journey that is uh, that is tough personally and professionally Um, well, working together was the first challenge because we are two strong temperaments. Oh, yeah. So they are two boss, right? In a way. <laughs> so we have to deal um, with this uh, in a way. <laughs> um, so everyone has to find his, uh, his role, if I can say like this. But definitely the challenge is to, I would say the main challenge is um, endurance. Uh, endurance to keep you know, uh, building the brand, even though you have difficulties, even though uh, you have things that go on your way or does not go as fast as you want. And it's keeping, um, hoping, you know, that your project is going, to, uh, is going to work, is going to succeed. So for me, it's a, it's a marathon, you know, it's not, it's not a sprint. And I'm better at sprints. <laughs> Never <That's> is. <laughs> Never is a sprint. Definitely not. <laughs> so I'm not a marathon girl. Yeah. So I have to learn yeah. how to be. And you got to get injured. used to it. Huh? <laughs> exactly. So um, biggest challenge for me is definitely patience that, you're, um, that you find you know, success in, in every little step that you do for sure. How do you see uh, Champagne Rendezvous in five years what 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 would be for you the biggest you know definition of success or you know biggest hope that you would have or biggest joy that it would bring you in in five years what how do you how do you see it in the u.s um i would see it um uh, huh, good question i would love well interestingly regarding the project i would love to have recognition the recognition that we're hoping for and you know to say To hear someone, you know, at one point, tra I'm traveling in the U.S. market and hearing someone either ordering Champagne Rendezvous or either someone hearing, talking about Champagne Rendezvous that when I don't know this person, you know, you're sitting at a table and you would hear Champagne Rendezvous has been, you know, proposed or shared in discussion as any other brand. This would be a, a huge recognition to start and have this 
notoriety, even though we're not million bottles, you know, producer, and we will never be because it's not the point. But it's more in terms of image and recognition that we brought something new and we brought something that made an impact in the market because that's what we want to do. Um, and definitely in terms of distribution, why not? I have this crazy dream that one point this bottle arrives, you know, in the hands of, I don't know, someone famous, a celebrity, something that recognizes, you know, the product and that has a crush on it and that maybe, you know, help us push the brand. That will be, that will be something, you know, I would love to see, you know, to have a celebrity say, I'm drinking Champagne Rendezvous and I'm showing this bottle. I mean, that will be, that will be awesome <laughs> in a way, you know, it will be a great recognition. She was here first. I remember that. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and then hopefully opening new markets, you know, we started in the US because for me, it was my background it was just instinct, instinctive for me to, to start in this market that I, that is dear to my heart since many years, but I would love to now open new markets and maybe, you know, to, to be able to share rendezvous in, uh, in other international markets for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wish you all, all, all the best success. Uh, but there's, <laughs> there's, there's definitely something in there and, uh, and I would recommend anyone who can have access, try it. Uh, yes. you won't you, you won't be disappointed unfortunately we're getting close to the end of our conversation but as usual we always finish with the pivot questionnaire uh, so the first thing that comes to your mind um, are you ready yes okay so what's, <laughs> what's your favorite word um passion what's your least favorite word my least favorite word um fake what's your favorite virtue I would say courage. What's your favorite quality in a man? <laughs> in a man, um, honesty. What's your favorite quality in a woman? I would say intelligence. Okay. What wine or champagne <laughs> would you use to describe yourself? A champagne bubble, obviously. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite curse word in any language? Then you'll have to translate. Putain. Putain. Oh, is it? <laughs> this one is us. <laughs> you always get it. Yeah, right? for France, it's, it's always like it's so, uh, you know, the, the, so. this is, this is the classic. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? Um, the pop of the champagne bottle or the pop of the wine cork, what, for sure. What sound or noise do you hate? I hate the, um, the nails on the... Yeah, on the blackboards. Blackboards, yes. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what, what plant or animal would you like to be reincarnated in? A swan. A swan, nice. <laughs> and last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You made it. Fiona Perrin, thank <laughs> you very much. Merci beaucoup, Antoine. Thank you so much. <laughs>